and welcome to Should Have Been There Last. Uh, today, this is a uh, remote taping of the podcast. This is our first time getting together post-lockdown. Uh, and uh, today, we are going to be discussing the... Uh, let's just start over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this is Ooh, weird. It's low, it's low energy. It's, it's low energy. Be, I'm a little... Life in the core. Little hungover from our uh, celebration of our friend Kevin last night, which was in part why I thought you should take the helm, but it's fine. I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Today we are talking um, with uh, Ryan Kumi, who is uh, a member of the Boston base. uh, What what do we call uh, coffin salesmen? Sort of. Uh, Ari likes to call it a project. A project, and, and then we all make fun of them. So okay. uh, you, can, you, can, you can call it a band. A band. They're, they're a band. Uh, folk, uh, punk ish. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, these, I take it. These are all words that could be used to describe coffin salesmen. Um, poetry. Right. I'll take it. Uh, and as always, uh, dear co-host uh, Liam on the other mic calling from a me. a little I'm under the stairs a little wooden cubby underneath his stairs up in Salem yeah. Massachusetts um, I call it October's end but that's because I'm pretentious sometimes okay <laughs> uh, so today really just a closet right 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 today we are talking about against me um, I think I've said that a few times now they are originally uh, hailing from Gainesville Florida they formed in 1997 their first album, uh, Reinventing Axl Rose, dropped in 2002. And their seventh and most recent album came out in 2016. And it was called Shape Shift With Me. Um, what? Uh, I, that, was a, that was a professional read. I think the most professional we've had yet. Yeah. Well, so this... That's a lot of info off the top. In, <laughs> in addition to this being our first podcast taping or conversation taping. I don't love the word podcast. Uh, our conversation. Learn to love it. Huh? Learn to love it. Just learn to love learn it. Learn to love it. Um, this is also our first taping after releasing our other episodes. So it comes with, that is true. It comes yeah. with a bit of uh, listener feedback in That's that uh, they wanted to know who we were talking to and uh, who we were. So I didn't say that part yet. My name, <laughs> my name is uh, Jim or Jonas, depending on how you uh, met me in life. And uh, Liam is our co-host. So, okay, we ruined all of that professional lead up with a little bit of stumbling. That's there. fine. Yeah, just sweep it under the rug. Sweep it. We're under not going to edit anything anyway. No, we don't edit because conversation should be natural. And um, exactly. So anyway, um, I would argue that I am probably the most recent convert uh to against me at this this session um, probably would be my guess uh, you could easily win that title <laughs> thank you so so perhaps uh some of uh you guys the two of you uh want to share when you got into the band and and what your history is with them yeah uh, i got into them oh it was a while back i think i was I was definitely in high school. I think it was like 2006, something like that. And the first time I ever heard about them, I 
saw that they had an exclamation point at the end of their name. Mm-hmm. I was like, I fucking hate this band. I want nothing to do with this band. Yep. And then, it, like, through, like, a war of attrition, I finally listened to uh, the first record I assume we're going to talk about in a bit. But that one was like, oh, this is what that band sounds like? And so, like, through that, I was like, oh, I just gobbled up everything they had, which at the time was, like, three, four records. But, yeah, it's been a while. It's funny that you mentioned the exclamation point. That was, like, an immediate hate for me, too. It's just... <laughs> I couldn't get past it. In spite of that, I love this band. Yeah, yeah. And now I love the exclamation point. I like, I put it in there even though they don't always do it anymore. Yeah. Well, it's like if you think of it like against me, it's just like against me. But I feel like you have the exclamation point. It's like against me. Yeah, yeah. It makes more sense. If anyone's earned the right to put uh, uh, an exclamation point at the end of the name, they're certainly up there. Yeah, Panic at the Disco. Not allowed. No. <laughs> and that's a, that's in the middle of the name, you fucking assholes. That's fucking Is it, I'm not a person. I wouldn't know. So. Oh, it is. It's after panic. Yes, it is after panic. <sighs> Not too much. Well, so yeah, I was definitely. Uh, I remember seeing against me before I had heard them, um, and they were on a tour that I don't even know if the tour acknowledged the fact that it was like against me, rise against, up against anti against like all of it was just like anti and against and all these other bands anti flag um yeah i think anti flag probably headlined probably would have been on the given the time yeah um and i re- i remember i thought i liked some other band because i liked against me and i was like oh i think i like i, I thought they were rise against or one of the other ones i don't even remember mm-hmm. what it was now but I like walked away thinking that I liked this other band because I liked the Against Me set. Um, I feel like you say that a lot that you you like a you hate a band thinking that they're a completely different band, or or vice versa. Yeah, <laughs> typically, typically, I uh, I judge a lot of books by their cover or bands by their names right. or their punctuation in their name. So it was it was actually it was only just as you were saying it um, that you went to go see them that I was reminded of um, the first time I saw them, which again, I think was a bit of an accident. So I knew, I knew who against me was um, probably around 2006. So actually not all that different than Ryan, Um, but I was, you know, I'm so much older (laughs) that it was like junior year of college for me. And so it felt a little bit later. Um, But a friend of mine had a shirt, um, and it was just a black shirt with white writing, big, bold letters across the chest. Um, and so, you know, I probably heard them around 2006. So um, Searching for Former Clarity would have already come out. But it would have, you know, been like on in somebody's car when we were driving to a show or whatever. Yeah. Um, That's about the too. Yeah. First. But I saw them in uh, – so I just looked it up. I had to – I'll pull it back real quick. Uh, I saw them at Avalon in May of 2007. They played with Cursive um, and Mastodon. Oh, Mastodon, I remember that. That is show. such a weird lineup. That is such a yeah. weird lineup. But that would have been really like the first time I got to see them. But I went to the show for Cursive. Okay. So it's entirely possible. And this was back when people could go out of that little side door and smoke cigarettes out next to the mm-hmm. to the yeah. pike in the alleyway there yeah. so i might not have even been inside of avalon for all of against me set 
you know? Yeah. And, and I do picture me leaving a show like that. And I, and, and I, I'm played. I feel, I, <laughs> I feel bad saying that, you know, and I think sometimes I get like a little, uh, revisionist in my history and I rewrite it that I was like at the front of the stage and just absorbing everything, uh, fully. And, but that's probably not accurate. I probably was outside for part of the set. Um, but then I didn't really stick with them. I don't think I just kind of, they were just like another band. That... Yeah, I dove in pretty hard with them. Okay. Because as soon as I realized that they were good, like, in like, I don't know, Liam, like you playing in bands that were kind of in the same vein were like, mm-hmm. you know, it was, I don't mean like, like against me, but like the idea of, uh, you know, being at a party somewhere in like the early aughts and just, oh, somebody brought out a guitar and everybody's messed up. And I guess we're all singing Sink Florida Sink at like three yeah. o'clock in the morning. Yeah, like yeah. that's how I got into that band. And so, like, it was through, like, their first record and a couple of the other ones, but, like, the idea of, like, having a band like that who I kind of knew peripherally, and I was like, no. And then I found out, oh, that's what they sound like. And I, I dove in pretty hard after that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it hit it hit hard uh, at Dub Deuce, for sure. That was, I mean, those first few records, those were seven inches we were fucking always listening to and all that. Yeah, And I remember even... Uh, at some point being at 3516 at the basement in JP and like, oh, I can't think of the band. But somebody there was convinced. They were like, it only takes $3,000 to book them. Like, we can book them for here right now <laughs> if everybody gives us 20 bucks. I would give that 50-50 like four years before then maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, um, but yeah, it's, I'm I'm surprised I don't have against me lyrics tattooed on me somewhere already. Mm. Um, yeah, I they I I loved against me for a very long time, and then uh, I fell they they fell off for a little bit for me. Yeah, we definitely know. I could count on maybe almost two hands the amount of people that we you and I at least definitely know who have against me lyrics tattooed on. Right, exactly. Or a cover of an album or whatever it is. Some against yeah. me related tattoo. Yeah. I, I very narrowly missed. <laughs> very narrowly missed. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't even know. It wasn't on purpose. I just certainly meant to 105 times. Like, right. uh, But yeah, I guess so. Uh, anybody, any other good stories? Against me stories? I mean, I only saw them once. I saw them... I think it was in like 2015, 2016. They're at the, the Royale. And it was the first time I'd ever saw them. And like, I'd kind of fallen off with them by then. Because like, and that, that's kind of encapsulates my whole like theory of how against me kind of their their uh, whole discography kind of progressed. But like when I was younger and I was like, oh, cool. Like there's this band that I could see playing in a basement and like, you know, a thousand screaming kids just singing the lyrics to a song. By the time it was like 2016, they'd like put out you know, their latest album. And I listened to two songs off it and I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I saw them live at the Royale though. And I was like, holy shit, this band is really good live. Yeah. They've always been really tight. Remember, I mean, their set, whatever warp tour it was where I think it was a Suffolk Downs one. And it was just, it was dust everywhere. It was like the dirtiest, dustiest warp tour. And their set at that warp tour, that's like, 
the epitome of warped to our memories for me. Like all of us having fucking bandanas on our mat, on on our faces, covered yeah. in fucking dirt, sweat, and water, and piss, yeah. and everything else, and just running around and losing our minds. Yeah, uh, they put on one of the best sets that day. On a stacked lineup, it was like rancid, no effects, and everyone else all around them, and probably yeah. against me, put on the best show. Yeah, and then again, uh, what is it? Not against me. Yeah, the warped tour fell off a cliff pretty hard. Yeah, and now they're done pretty much i guess yeah i think they're officially done which is sad i mean that was like as much as i never cared about anything that's been happening recently yeah it stinks to think there won't be that for future generations yeah yeah it is kind of the end of an era the old man in me is like well good riddance but like it would suck to not have that like as an option as a kid yeah especially when it went to like smaller towns and stuff like that was the cool thing about it is like it, it could open it up for kids who otherwise wouldn't be able to see any of these bands because you didn't know that revere was a place yeah. <laughs> wonderland sounds so much more better than that. <laughs> I see them. they named it wonderland so they could get people to show up Shit. sorry guys my ipad might die in the middle of this technical difficulties sorry behind the mirror. Is, you, is the charger not working it's just like I don't think the charge will keep up with the usage. Oh, okay. You know, mm-hmm. like it was already pretty low, and now I'm using it and trying to charge it. Mm-hmm. But whatever. But we'll go. We'll get. We'll get through what we can. We'll get through what we can. Yeah. Um, so I well I saw them most recently um, at Paradise last year. And uh, it kicked ass. And they're an amazing live band. And the music... um, What's nice about them... So I... Well, how do I say this? there there are certain bands where if their sound is the same live that i find it disappointing mm-hmm. uh, as on a on a record because i feel like i could have just stayed home and listened to the record but yeah. they are a band whose sound and like the the power and the energy behind it truly carries into a live setting yeah definitely like, I mean, there's a lot of bands out there where you can, like, take it as, like, the record is, like, the menu and the main course is, like, seeing that band live and doing that thing. Or there's also bands where it's, like, I wouldn't want to see this record live. I just the record is the thing. Mm-hmm. But like, they're definitely one of those bands where I was always, like, you know, against me for everything is, you know, I'll listen to the record and then one of my friends is going to go play this at a party or something like that. And that's kind of, like, the live experiences that band existed for me for a long time. And then as soon as I saw them live, though, it was, like, Holy shit, they're like a force of nature. <laughs> they've been doing this a long time, too. Yeah. yeah, it's weird to think about how long they've been at it. Like, I think you said, like, 97? Yeah, yeah. So, so so, the band starts in 97 as just uh, Tom mm-hmm. uh, at the time on the guitar. And then... I So, in 2012, the uh, Laura Jane Grace's memoir, Tranny, came out, and... So like that, it came out in like November um, of 2016. So I think like that spring was when I got my hands on a copy of it. Um, 
and reading through that was like really helpful to like understand the history of the band and how her real life experiences are just like all over like all of those lyrics especially if you like read the book and then you look at the lyrics it's like oh there's like very little uh editing between her real life and what goes on to the records you know yeah um, i've always looked at it about how they write a lot of their stuff is if you look at like a lyric sheet, they have, you know, songs that have a, like a, a structure and then they have stuff where it's so obviously like Laura just wrote a song and she was like, I like how these words fit together. And if, you know, come hell with high blood pressure, I will just sing them really fast and make them all fit. Right. And for some reason it, it usually works. But like on a lyric sheet, it's like, this is not, why would you do it this way? Right. Yeah. I think if you, if you like, if you weren't aware of the band and just looked at the lyrics, like, there might be a lot that don't make any sense. So you'd be like, yeah. oh, this is almost, this is not palatable at all. Yeah, no, definitely. But like, but there's you, always something like, about the phrasing or the way it works out into the song that like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It always seems to, it always seems to come together. Um, but yeah, so 90, 97 is when the form and demos and little EPs and stuff. And then it's 2012 uh, for the first record. Um, but 2002. What did I? Yeah, 2002, not 2005. Yeah, 2002. Reinventing. Still Axel. five. Still five years before a full release. Yeah, which bonkers when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if if in today's day and age we um give bands that time to mature a sound. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always gotten the feeling they were just like touring forever. And like not didn't want to slow down long enough to record. Right. Didn't have the money for it anyways, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of the early records have a lot of that's kind of the theme of a lot of it is like just kind of being out in the world and being young and not really knowing what the hell you're doing. And on the later records, a lot of the themes are like, Hey, remember being young and being on the road and not ruins <laughs> the magic trick if you talk about it like post like I know I'm thirty, but like keep giving me the songs about like being young and stupid and like angry. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so I don't know about for anyone else, but there was definitely a point I had already sort of pinpointed as they're dropping off. Okay. What and would I you... think, and I think the problem is, or, or what made this one more difficult for me was that they definitely recovered from that low point mm. almost unprecedentedly like yeah. heroically mm -hmm. yeah um so without saying what my what the last record i think should be i i've i've always felt like a uh, new wave for them was a dropping off point I, agree. I i liked new wave when it first came out and then it didn't age well and now i only go back to two songs mm -hmm. yeah like white people for peace is a great track like Thrash and Reels a great track. They're all like, okay tracks. I just none of them. It's like a band. I like them, but I, it's not against me anymore. To me, I don't know. Yeah, that's when they started like getting a little more riffy, mm -hmm. and they started doing like the you know the every song for whatever reason. Because one of the things I always loved was like James in that band always has these really weird harmonies that he does. Yep. 
And on paper, it's like, that doesn't work. But then you yeah. see it hey, live, and if you hear it on the record, it's like, oh, it totally works. It's the I'm best, like, yeah. That's when they started doing more of like, uh, at the time, Tom, uh, just doing harmonies just by themselves. And they would just kind of auto-tune it. And like, it was pretty, and it worked, and like, it sounded good. But like, no, just give me like two people. Give me, give me that weird harmonies. yell you do. Yeah, it's, yeah. But yeah, like that, I think that album had a lot of, good stuff on it but like the filler in that album is just there's some clunkers in there and it's too polished yeah i don't like uh it's butch vig right like yes yeah. yeah yeah i don't know that's why never yeah, mind is nirvana's about... worst record <laughs> i did not look there was some overlap there um but yeah so so new wave that's um that's sire records and so they're coming right off of fat wreck and they're getting that and that was like their major label yeah they're getting that whatever, that yeah. larger paycheck um which you know sometimes i think you find this and we probably will get into this many times throughout these uh upcoming episodes but when you get that and i'm just assuming no one has ever given me any sort of amount of money to record anything <laughs> but when uh when you get that money you sometimes it can be great, right? Because sometimes you don't have the constraints of we only have the studio for 10 hours and we need to get everything done. And, oh, I really right. wish we had gone back and redone that. But like good enough is good enough. But then at mm -hmm. a certain point, you have so much free time and so much leeway that some of the spark of the live band is lost. Yeah. I think you definitely like the more bells and whistles you add to a band that's so stripped down, like against me, uh, it definitely laminates the entire thing. Right. Like, I think yeah. that like my bellwether for when like a band like starts to fall off a little bit is when they put out like the disco song, yeah. which happens to be on new wave. It's, it's stop, which yeah. of course is a gratuitous exclamation point at the end, but it's that four on the floor, like stop. I'm like, as soon as I heard that song, I was like, what did that album come out like 2007 yes but i remember hearing that song and i was like this is not the same band that wrote like walking is still honest like i'm so done with this <laughs> yeah well so i mean they they are a band um who is an ever evolving sound yeah right, right so when and i never really picked up on this just listening to it but the early against me music i read you know i read this in the book um tom at the time <coughs> excuse me didn't want any symbols in any of the music i didn't know that he just wanted like a snare and uh and a kick and a kick and like that was it that was the kit and then i whatever maybe it was for maybe eternal cowboy it starts you know it was he's like very apprehensive of even introducing more elements to just the drum kit, you yeah. know? And then over time, then it's, you know, a full drum kit. And then as we get later into the albums, then there's like piano and, and other instruments. Um, yeah. So, and this is where I sort of struggle with giving them 
any sort of this should have been their last because they are constantly in ever evolving sound. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that they're one of those bands that had a trajectory, like a pretty a pretty clear one, but like their early stuff too. And I think Liam, we were about to mention the same album. Mm-hmm. Like the second you get to like White Crosses for me. It's just like awful. That, that album for me is just like, I like I listened to it uh, yesterday. I, I, I chugged through their whole catalog again and I was like, I don't hate it as much as I did then. Mm-hmm. But it was like the fact that I just, I didn't remember really anything off of this album. Even though they had a couple of good tracks on there, I was like, oh, I don't remember this. It was just pretty good. But like, I was just, it's just boring. And like, they, they, they had, they definitely think it's on White Crosses. They have one of those songs that has like the Springsteen piano going on. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, fellas. Like, but you know, the second they, they kind of took a break and came back with uh, Transgender Dysphoria Blues, that album is like, like, holy shit. Like, where did that come from? Yeah. That's the heroic comeback. I, I don't think anyone could have seen coming. No, I was I was so prepared to write that band off. Right. I mean, I was ready for it to be over with, pretty much. Or it seemed like they were going away, anyways. There was always a lot of infighting with them. Um. But yeah, like New Wave just didn't do it. New Wave I liked at the beginning, and then it, it fell off, and I wasn't as big of a fan. And then White Crosses fucking killed me for it. And. Then it's there was a lot of I mean there's a big break I think in between that afterwards too yeah because I think White Crosses Span was in 2011 and then I think 2014 2015 was uh, Transgender Dysphoria Blues I think it was 2014 so yeah at least a couple of years yeah it is it's 2014 the um, original release for um, White Crosses is 2010 and then it gets like a repress from a different label gotcha. in 2011 so that's what's on um your streaming services um but yeah i mean so yeah if you look at you know not being a huge fan of new wave which i do uh i do enjoy but i I, before you got on the call um ryan i was saying to liam that earlier today i was doing a bit of my homework and just re-familiarizing myself with some of their music and one of the things i really wanted to explore was why I hate White Crosses so much. <laughs> you know, not not. Here's my here's my here's my college thesis. Right, right, right. yeah. I mean, I don't I don't really have an answer. Um, and and I think like your experience with it in the last couple of days is, it's not a bad record. I mean, it's perfectly fine. The songs are enjoyable. Um, it's well made. It's well made. Yep, it's got that good uh, production, uh, and it's apparent. It's polished it's glossy but it doesn't have and it has good songs you know but it doesn't have whatever that against me energy or quality is that they lose tension on their record yeah that's uh, for me that's what like the difference you can hear between clarity and new wave is like there is it's 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 a palpable tension of like energy of like you can hear emotion and anger behind it and then it gets cleared off and it gets polished with new wave and white crosses kind of does the same thing you sand it down um, yeah and then i think with transgender you for me sonically that album still has some of the problems of like i don't like some of the production stuff they do mm-hmm. yeah 
But my God, what a record. And for like, that's the reason I have trouble with trying to pick out should have been their last because I think it's important that that record isn't an against me record. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that think about all the fucking like bro dudes or just like regular dudes who would never even think of that kind of situation or try and put wrap their head around what it could be like to feel yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. Now having one of their favorite bands put out that record and them having to deal with it. Like I think that I don't know, there's it's important and I think it was it was well done and it was it's awesome to see like broy dudes sing along to those songs and stuff. It's cool. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, if you look at, I think it's only like nine or ten songs too. So like, it's also like it's a very compact, like it's less than like, thirty minutes. Yeah, it's, it's short. Yeah. Like it is, you know, the, the with that title track, just transgender, just forty blues. Like that album opens up like a bombshell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just goes the whole time, and then like it ends like I think it ends with "Black Me Out," which is just this like, it's a perfect album closer. And like, there's a couple songs in the middle where I'm like, and I'm like, I'm never really gonna listen to Two Coffins. I'm like, really unconditional love. I think I've heard like once or twice. And oh, I love Two Coffins. Two Coffins is one <laughs> of my Coffins favorite songs. You, one for me. But the thing is, I don't really like that song, but I remember it. Like, I know the lyrics. Right. I don't really give a shit about it. Even the songs that I liked on like White Crosses, I'm like, ah. but like, White Crosses, I think had maybe I don't know. Like, I, I I'm hesitant to call it my least favorite against me song, but like. I was a teenage anarchist for me was like oh, the, another like what the fuck yeah because that song was like you know you gotta think they're also one of those bands that like i kind of grew up alongside mm-hmm. like so their their albums like were really important for me when i was younger and like as their you know their writing style changed and like what the the themes of the albums were is you know things kind of progressed hearing a song like i was a teenage anarchist where i was like like two years ago i was seeing like all the Baby, I'm an anarchist. Like, what the what happened? <laughs> Are we not? Like, yeah. nobody called me. But like, hearing that song, I was just like, oh, okay. So now we're like, we're we're entering like a post. There is a cleared like demarcation between like, you know, their early stuff where it's like, uh, what's the best way to put it? Like, you know how like every you know top forty song has like a, you know, this is our night. Tonight's the night. We're here. Like, yeah, <laughs> fucking chorus. Like. Against me, cracked the code for like how to write a punk rock song that is like, no, like we're here and like tonight is our thing and like right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did that so well and like it's so easy if you if you, you know, stray but a little, you know, you it gets corny and stupid, but like they found a way to do it. And then I heard the song, uh, I was a teenage anarchist, and I'm like, oh, so like you guys done? Then why are you guys still a band? What are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. so, yeah, to just put, and that was like at the same time. I feel like uh, Green Day or somebody had put out a, a same song of like, I remember being young and fucking in trouble and shit. And it was just like everybody all of a sudden decided to grow up that summer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, it, I, you know, it was definitely like as soon as they put that out, I was like, all right, cool. Like this band has probably run their course. But then like, they like laid low everything happened with you know laura's transition and all that and it just yeah like as soon as they came out with that that record after that it was just oh holy shit like this is the record you guys clearly give a shit about right and so like as soon as they put that in it was nuts and then i think it was 2016 they put out shapeshift with me mm-hmm. which it was like this awesome like uh um, you know bell, Same bell thing, yeah 
Like, I I don't know if we want to talk about the last album yet, but like, I tried I mean, to get we can, we can get there because that was definitely the same thing. And I was thinking like, oh, maybe I only like every other record by them now. Yeah, it's like Star Trek. Movie. Um, yeah, and like, but I will say like going back and revisiting that record for this, I like that I dug on it probably the most on this most recent uh, re-listen than I have ever before. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, you talking about the new one? Yeah, the newest one, Shape Shape with Me. I think there's yeah. some good tracks on there. And it's, I couldn't it's do fun. it, man. I, I think they're being, like, I'm almost coming to the conclusion that she's being limited by having to call it against me. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. would probably agree with that. Like, and I think, like, topic of, like, Devouring Mothers and all the other stuff that you Exactly. Got. And I think, like, that kind of stuff, like, uh, the solo record uh, that she put out under Tom name, um, all that kind of stuff where there was like programming and pop stuff like I, I I think against me should have been left alone and she should just be doing whatever she wants under a different title because I think the newest record probably would have landed better if it wasn't trying to be against me and trying to be punk rock like if it was just more of like a poppy weird dancey rock record I think you could have dug on it a little more but yeah, because yeah. I had to like throw distortion on it and kick up the BPMs to make it that. Sorry. One second. I got to shut the door. Quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's a loud cat. It is a loud cat. I got really excited when the cat was in the background, but now yeah. it's, it's messing with our, <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, sorry if that just ruined some, no, some take. It didn't. No, that's perfect. It didn't. Everyone loves Everyone's got cats internet. at home. I don't. Yeah, but... I got a weird stray cat in my in my uh, neighborhood that keeps coming by. <laughs> <laughs> I made the mistake of feeding him, so he keeps coming back. It's my own fault. There, anyways. Yeah, you got a friend for life now. Here we go. Well, so yeah, I I listened. I mean, I when I was making my little uh, my little timetable of notes here on my uh, yellow legal pad. I put the, the 2008 uh, Heartburn EP on the mm-hmm. list. I put the uh, the memoir on the list, and then I put the Devouring Mothers record on the list. And because what we were saying before, there isn't much of an edit between the life experiences of Tom Gable slash Laura Jane Grace and the music of that is put out uh, right so pretty autobiographical yeah it's yeah. pretty autobiographical she is you know my understanding of it is like it's it isn't a huge collaborative process you know yeah it doesn't seem that way it's like here are the songs play the songs let's this this like is get little little bits here and there of like oh we're gonna play the baseline a little bit differently this way or like maybe we'll add this little right. flourish and stuff. But, but I'm yeah. I'm of the opinion that the songs come like pretty fully arranged to the rehearsal space. Yeah. Um, and as they are a band that we've said who has an ever evolving sound, I wonder if you know just saying look. It's all against me. It doesn't need to be uh, acoustic guitar and a drum set with no cymbals, and it doesn't need to be 
a punk band. It's just right. Is she of the opinion like I'm against me? Right. That's yeah. Uh, I mean, that's like, what against me is like as much as it's the band. Right. I don't know, and I, I I let I agree with that theory to a sentiment, but I think especially for the sake of this podcast, uh, I think there's a, uh, you owe yourself to take the band seriously for what it was. Like, of course you could say like, oh, it's the same. It's four of us in a room. It's going to be blank. Mm -hmm. But if the last three records you got in that room and you said you were going to make a rock and roll record and now you got in there and you're all saying we're going to make a techno record, yeah. Even though, like, yeah. I don't know. It's just like the more I do this kind of stuff for this podcast and listen to bands with this in mind, like, I like to think of bands as that kind of thing. It's like, here's, we had an idea we wanted to get across. It was this. We're not going to keep pushing it after a certain point. Uh, and I think because, like I said, like with the latest Against Me record, that's a pretty good record. I like that record. Yeah. But it's not a great against me record, and if anything, it just sort of you're talking, drags you're, down the high. You're talking about sh uh, shapeshift with me. Shapeshift with me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I one of the things that I jotted down, but and I will get back to it in a second. Um, but I was just pulling up on the Wikipedia's uh, March of 2013. The band canceled the tour with Bad Religion. Uh, their bassist at the time, who is actually back in the band now. Uh, Announced that he, Andrew, right? Andrew, uh, Seward or, or Seward, 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 Seward. Uh, he announced that he was leaving, and uh, Large and Grace expressed at that point, mid 2013, that uh, the band might not continue under the name Against Me. So it seems, you know, even like super clearly then that, um, she was sort of subscribing to that idea that you're talking about, Liam, mm -hmm. that like against me is these people, this group. And if they're not comfortable moving forward with her or with the music that she thinks is the new direction for the band, then it shouldn't be that band any longer. But what I was going to say, and you can just ruminate on that for a second, <laughs> was uh, with Shapeshift With Me and the Devouring Mothers record, um, they feel they felt like to me today, listening to them again, a bit more like mixtapey, right? Where, Absolutely. Yeah. Where there isn't like a cohesive sound or even through line for the record. It's just here's a bunch of songs that right now are what I have. And I think that they can work well together, but they're not really telling any sort of story. Right. Yeah. They definitely feel uh, quick, like sort of not even, not well thought out, just sort of happened. Right. Like I'll, even, I think this is probably throughout their whole discography. Like you can tell, all of their all of their songs for the most part apart the one apart from the ones that were like definitely made to be like radio hits are like oh i can see all of these lyrics like scribbled down on a notebook on like a notebook with really no through line for like oh this is the one that we we latched onto in like a practice and like, that's what we want to like put on the record or something like that 
Yeah, it's all, I mean, it's all a diary, really. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, you know, here's the notebook of what I did between the summer of 2014 and that Christmas, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm focusing on. Um, so I don't know. I mean, should we? So, I think we've, we've skirted around it we've long skirted enough. Around. I still don't know. My, I still don't know my answer because, all right. So here's, here's, here's my thoughts. Right. And I was saying this to, to Liam again, before you hopped on, right? Like I know what my thoughts are. I don't know what my thoughts mean. <laughs> right. So, so they're an ever. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't love white crosses. Um, I do like um, I do like new wave for the most part. Um, I would say probably like my golden period would be like eternal cowboy and searching for former clarity. But I cannot imagine not having transgender dysphoria blues, you know? Yeah. So this is like what I said on our, our last time with, um, our friend Matt, we were talking about cursive, the idea of like drawing a line in the sand and you say, you can never have anything after this, right? So if you put the line in the sand after searching for former clarity and- You never get transgender. But had we done this podcast in like 2013, and the last thing that we had to listen to was white crosses, I would have said, yeah, we should probably just stop at former clarity. Now here in uh, 2020, April, <laughs> it's April. <laughs> this whole, this whole March, March 500th, March 500th, this whole quarantine thing is nuts. Um, you know, but recording today, I can't imagine not having, um, transgender dysphoria blues i think i can live without um shapeshift with me even though i do enjoy it i think it's a fun record um it you know except for the the first song which is like super you know fast aggressive punk once the second track bumps in you just know it's like oh yeah this is against me you know yeah um There's some weird dancier ones but I don't, on there too, though. Dancier ones I can't, I can't abide. But yeah. I, I see what you're saying. But I, but I don't think that I need it. And you know, so. But I, I think the problem I have with that argument, okay, or that train of thought with canceling it all that is I don't. You don't think that transgender dysphoria blues wouldn't have been a record, somehow, mm. even if against me it stopped. No, I think it, I think it still would have happened. I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, so if if you look at sort of the timeline of the band, um, you know, White Crosses comes out in two thousand ten. Um, twenty twelve is when like the Rolling Stone article comes out, mm-hmm. and um, which is when sort of publicly, I think there'd maybe been like an online post before that, but this article is basically the first uh, coming out of, you know, as a, a transgender woman um, for Laura Jane Grace. 
And then, you know, not super long after that, the band is start going through troubles because like we were saying earlier, Liam, about like bro dudes singing the songs, not everybody stayed on the train. You know, a, right. a lot of right. people couldn't wrap their head around it, didn't want to wrap their head around it, just didn't want to deal with it. Right. So, so let's say, you know, 2013 against me stops and then the record still comes out. It's a year later and it's just the name large and grace, or maybe, maybe the devouring mothers were already right. in, in her mind is, is the backing uh, people for that. Yeah. We probably would have still gotten the same record. It probably would have still been as awesome. So I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's roll with that then. <laughs> if, if that's what we're rolling with, if we're, if that record would have still found its way to us, no matter what. Mm. Cause I think that mm. that's probably the power of that record is that I think that's undeniable. I think right. for her as a songwriter and as a human being, Mm-hmm that record would have found a way out of her one way or another, right. whether it was called against me or devouring mothers or whatever yeah. it was called. And I think even if against me had ended at an earlier point, we probably still would have had it's I, th I think, you know, at that point it would have been Tom, but we'll, we'll still refer to her as Lara. Lara still would have been on the radar of everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And still, you know, like if that, I don't know, maybe that's just me trying to make it easier to make the decision. <laughs> um. <laughs> ah, shit. Well, then I don't know. I got to, yeah, then maybe, um, maybe. Because that is, I, yeah, maybe I am grasping straws here, but. No, I think that's fine. Um, I just need to look at like the full track listing of, of New Wave. And just see really where I, where I land on that. Um, but I would say, let's see. Uh, uh, oh, you know what? No, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep. Uh, I'm gonna keep New Wave then, <laughs> because of uh, the ocean. The ocean is a great track. Yeah, I forgot about that song. And it's the last. Ocean, it's ocean and new wave are the only songs I like on that album. Yeah, it's the first song and the last song. Let's right. say the bookend. Yeah, so maybe yeah, maybe there's a good little EP there, um, but I think so. As the idea of um, as like a nice bookend for uh, against me. If you have this song, right, and the ocean talks about um, if if Tom had been born a woman, his mother would have named him Laura. Right. And if if that's like the the farewell message from against me and then we never have to hear white crosses. And then like seven years later, we just get transgender dysphoria blues from whatever outfit she is fronting. Mm -hmm. I think that's a perfect world. You like that one? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's the that's the future that I want I want to live in. Yeah, I I don't know I I kind of mold this around a bit, but like the way that I kind of view their whole discography is, and as I'm pushing my glasses up my nose real quick, um, like I like to think of you know 
the first two records, uh, Axl Rose and uh, Eternal Cowboy, is like, well, if Axl Rose is a new hope, and uh, <laughs> Eternal Cowboy is my favorite record, so it's it's Empire Strikes That's Back. That's your empire. But like, uh, Transgender Dysphoria Blues is absolutely this band's Return of the Jedi. Mm. Like, like yeah. it had some stuff in the between. To me, it's not really canon, but like <laughs> those three are like the pillars of like what that band is to me. And like even then, like you know, uh, former Clarity opens with Miami, which is I would say top five songs they've ever done for me. Mm. Like just the the gaps in between stuff that I I want to listen to. Like I'm never gonna look look up Holy Shit again, but like I will go back oh, to. My- I love Holy. Holy Shit is a great chorus, but that's all that song has going for it. Which sometimes all you need. Uh, I like that idea. So then everything else in between is just like fan fiction. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and then like, you know, somebody else acquired the property and put out shape shit with me. And I'm like, yeah, right. Like, uh, I think like those three are kind of the big, Brian, players, Brian Johnson know. makes shape shift with me. I liked, <laughs> <laughs> I liked shape shift with me under those contexts, I guess. Um, no, I think that if I would have to choose the last one, I would have to choose uh, Transgender Disfloria Blues because I feel like that 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 album is just, it's such a like, out of nowhere, nobody saw this band coming back in such a great way. But the second they did, it was like, holy shit. But there was in the back of my head, like, all right against me. Like, I feel like the, the judge in a courtroom and somebody brings out a surprise witness. Mm. I'm like, all right, I'll allow it. But like, you better be going somewhere with this. And then for me, at least, because I know Liam and you guys, like you said, you liked it. But I, the second Shape Shift with me came out, I was like, oh, all right, well, I couldn't really get on. <laughs> what, whatever good graces you have won are gone. <laughs> uh, I mean, like Shape Shift with me is definitely a better album than White Crosses. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, yeah, that all. But like, I don't think anybody's as, arguing there. Follow up to Transgender Dysphoria Blues. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't know, I couldn't do it. So I'm gonna say, if they had to have a last record, it'd be, it'd be Transgender. Mm. Liam. Ah, shit, Liam froze. Okay. He's going to come back in a second. Um, I Thank you very much for having me, guys. Oh, of course. Thank you for being here. I was thinking about this, and actually the fact that you bring up Star Wars is kind of interesting. I was thinking about the discography as sort of like a a movie, right? Or like a book, a hero's journey. Where... You know, it's not until the hero is like fully transformed at the end that the story can come to a close. And so, and so, like, with that in mind, you know, I'm gonna like backpedal on what I had just said a few minutes ago. (laughs) But yeah, I really, I need Transgender Dysphoria Blues should be there, should have been their last record. And Liam's not in the call now, so he won't know that I said that. So when he comes back in, yeah, when he comes back into the call, we'll just pretend that um, that that was not what I said, and that I. I I think the hero journey thing is an interesting point, though, because even the stuff that I've said I didn't like in the middle, like there is, you know, kind of getting back to, I think I mentioned, you know, there is definitely a an older voice in some of their middle albums, where it's like, all right, we're not kids anymore like i was a teenage anarchist and blah 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 but like there is this you know if you were to view it as an arc of you know young hero and then you know falls into you know despair mm-hmm. and then rise up again for this other record yeah like, that means really well you know yeah. and it's 
I'm sure, you know, I can't speak for, for Laura, but like, it seems like from everything that she said, and she's very, very open in interviews and how she writes in her book and everything, but like, that also kind of seems like that was the trajectory of like, you know, her as a songwriter and them as a band, and like, you know, I shit on White Crosses, but it's like, you still had to write and put out a whole record for a major label. Like, right. Yeah. Stressful, yeah. you know? So like, even if I didn't like it, like that definitely seemed to be something that took a toll on like the band and, and her, definitely. It's all part of the journey. Yeah. Liam, are you back? Did you guys notice I was gone? Okay. Uh, yeah, well, you froze for a minute, and then you didn't answer me, and then you were gone. Are you back yeah, now? Yeah, my iPad died. I'm back now. All right, cool. This is back. So then I guess you're up. Or- Where did you land, Ryan? I missed it completely. What's that? Where'd you land, Kumi? I, did, I missed your, your take. Uh, I I just I I tried to inject Star Wars into it. Uh, no, I said I that. that. I, I got that far. <laughs> so I said that their last should have been transgender. Uh, okay. I think at, if they were going to end on a record, I think that that is a perfect way to cap something off. And then you know, shapeshift with me was just kind of this this digital thing afterwards that I'm just not a big fan of. So. Yeah. 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 Liam. Well, if we're moving on to me. Yeah. And if we're breaking the rule. Uh, to allow transgender to exist no matter what mm-hmm. afterwards. Um, it's former clarity for me all the way. Okay. I think that's definitely, I think that's three records in for them. I think they had sort of run this gamut of being two kids with buckets and acoustic guitar to turning it into a real kind of band. Um, and I just think. I, uh, clarity, former clarity, is such a good, solid record to me. I think there's ups and downs on it, and there's songs that aren't so great. And I think most against me records have like one or two songs that I could probably leave on the side. Um, but as far as like that sounds like a last record to me. To start with Miami, to end with uh, what the fuck is the name of the last song? It's a uh, searching. Yeah, searching. Uh, to end with that song uh, and just the way it goes uh, a perfect bookend at the end there and then I think I think from there that's where it turns into like well against me was this specific thing I, it's not against me anymore I'm you know I'm Laura I'm going to play this now or we're, we're doing this that's when another band comes in and maybe they do against me or whatever they change it to that's what White Cross is and uh, fucking New Wave all I think she'd still go on making music and maybe it would just be a different band but I think Against Me should have lived its life as this sort of anarchist punk band that sort of grew up and then imploded from the inside I agree because I'm 30 yeah (laughs) as much as I do think like it is hard. I love that Transgender Dysphoria Blues is released against me, but I just don't think... Yeah, I'm still going with Clarity. I'm still going with Clarity. All right, I'll take it. That works. Even though I think that's a hard take. That was a hard... This was a hard one for me, for sure. I still, like I said now, I've been liked uh, Shapeshift with me better now. I'll probably listen to that again this week. Yeah, that's a fun, that's a fun album. And I... Um... Honestly, like, I definitely, it's top 
well, I don't know. It's it's not very bold to say it's top five because there's not there's only seven records. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of oh, this is gonna the trolls they're coming. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of of Axl Rose. Um, the man of the album. Yeah, I mean, I it's good. I do. I do enjoy it, but in terms of like the records that I go back to and listen to the most, um, you know, it's Eternal Cowboy, Former Clarity, um, and then Transgender and, and probably Shapeshift. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy living in this alternative world where we get the record no matter what. In a way, it sort of makes our lives a little bit easier. I think some version of that album would have found the light of day at some point. So I think it's, it's, it's fair to say it would have happened. Right. Yeah. Um, do we, do we have any, any final thoughts about against me? And so uh, apparently, um, again, according to Wikipedia, the, the almighty source of news mm-hmm. an eighth album is going to happen at some point. Um, and yeah, they're planning on say that. They're planning on, they're on tour for all. Of Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit better. How about now? Yeah, I hear you. Can you hear me? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. So, what were you saying? Uh, I know they're touring. As I would make sense that there's probably another record coming out. Right. Yeah, so I don't know. Well, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of people. And everything so shelved. What? Everything shelved forever now. Everything is shelved forever now. Yeah, we. I did see though before um, everything stopped that we got a new full length from uh, Screeching Weasel and a new full length from the Suicide Machines. So. Oh, that did come out. I listened to the single. Yeah. They were a lot of fun uh, at the hometown throwdown. They were the night that I went. They were the uh, the second band on the lineup. They're another band we could do. Although I would, they got a crazy discography. They do have a crazy discography. Um, all right. Well, so we'll uh, we'll start wrapping wrapping it up. So no final thoughts. Anybody? Uh, I don't know. I I hope. If they put out another record, like I will definitely listen to it. I don't know if it's. I, I don't hold out a lot of hope. I think that, you know, transgender might have been like the last little burst of, of gasoline they probably had. Mm-hmm. But I will be very happy if I'm proven wrong. Excellent. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I'll, I'll give I'll, it a shot. Yeah. Always. Always will give it a listen. Um, and I like the Devouring Mother's record, but again, it has sort of that like mixtape feel where it's not. Um, it's a collection of songs, not a collection, not a, a cohesive idea, not an album with a story to tell. Yeah, definitely. Um, we always uh, we always end these little chats with a question of if you had a time machine. Now, we've already used a time machine once today to enter a parallel universe without half of their discography. What's a, what's a, a performance, a concert, Ryan, that you would 
like to go back to and see with with fresh eyes the first time? Oh, geez, that's tough. Dream show. Any, any, any like yeah, it can be. So this is one that I have attended in the past, and I would just like to reboot my brain and do it again. I mean, it can be that if you want, but no, I, I kind of phrased it weirdly. Um, it can be anything. So I. <laughs> Liam, uh, in the past, has said he would like to go see uh, Biggie rapping on the side of a sidewalk. Gotcha. Uh, I said that I would like to go see the Rolling Stones on the Exile and Main Street tour. Gotcha. I, I think if I had to, like, my dream show, and I've seen, like, really low-quality video from it, and I always wanted to, like, I wish I was there, but I was too young, is uh, Mr. Bungle playing somewhere, and I think they were in Los Angeles right after getting in a spat with uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Their name, or their uh, record was called California because <laughs> Californication was taken by fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers, who I, I I don't like. But, like, Mr. Bungle then played that entire show dressed up as the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And fucking, they, I think they played a cover set and just ceaselessly mocked Anthony Cadiz for two hours. Oh, man. That sounds great. I would absolutely, I wish it was a fly on the wall for that one. I've been thinking about it a lot, that, uh, a lot lately. <laughs> I think I might use my uh, time ship today to also go to that show with you. <laughs> that sounds great. That's a good specific answer. Yeah, that's a great I, it, answer. It, it, you guys mentioned it. I, I was watching video from it like this morning. <laughs> uh, Liam, do you have a new one? Oh, I don't know if I have a new one now. Okay. Um, probably not. Great. Um. <laughs> All right. I wish if I had a time machine now, yeah, I would just go see Tom Waits once. Yeah, yeah just go see. It's probably never going to happen now. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Um, all right. That seems like a perfect time uh, to wrap this up. Uh, this is should have been their last. But this was, I guess. This was should have been their last. This should have been the last. This, yeah. Um, our guest again today was Ryan Kumi of the band uh, Coffin Salesman. You can find their music everywhere. Yeah, Ryan? Yeah, it's on yeah, every, just Google it. It's on. Cool. Do you have anything anyway, else of your own that's not Coffin Salesman related you want no, pitch- no. to? I play in Coffin Salesman. I play in another band called Time and Place. Uh, everything is on hiatus right now, sure. so we'll see you probably next year. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are, uh, yeah, we're going to hope to get some other people in while we're under lockdown, maybe bang out a couple more episodes before we're free to the world. So, uh, subscribe. Uh, yeah. Subscribe. I didn't want to ever say email. that. But, uh, subscribe. Email, email us. Email us. Yeah. Yeah. It, we are happy to include, um, any written, uh, commentary, or if you want to send like an audio clip, we will, uh, mix it into the show somehow and uh we would love to hear other people's thoughts we're online you know yeah you know how to find us it's cool (laughs) uh okay let's talk to you later all right thanks guys bye guys (laughs) 